What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Monday, November 7th. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Josie Duffy Rice. And this is What a Day, where we don't know who created Be Real but we're trying to get them to be really sure to vote. Josie, this is giving me Pokemon go to the polls vibes, and I do not like it. I feel like we're that meme of Steve Buscemi trying to be like a 10th grader, you know? How do you do, fellow kids? Yeah, exactly. On today's show, the United Nations Annual Climate Summit kicked off in Egypt, plus the National Park Service wants hikers to stop licking psychedelic toads. Ugh, the killjoys. But first, it's Election Day Eve. If you're like me, you probably think of this day as the least fun eve in the calendar year. It's like the Samhain of known unknowns, the night that the veil between punditry and reality is at its thinnest. Okay, I didn't really know what that meant, but Erin explained it to me, and I learned a lot. She is my own personal Wikipedia. (laughs) I suggest looking it up. Anyway, every election is its own animal, but as far as animals go, this is a particularly weird one. It's like a liger or like a... A jackalope. A jackalope. Yeah, but jackalopes aren't real. We have so much information, not about jackalopes, but about this election. People at all points in the political spectrum are speaking confidently about what they're pretty sure is going to happen. But the truth is, nobody knows what's going to happen. Absolutely nobody. Hmm. That's exactly right. Well, we do know a lot of people are voting early in record-setting numbers for a midterm election. What we don't know is who these people are or who they voted for. We do know that Republicans have nominated several candidates who are, to borrow a phrase from Mitch McConnell, low quality. But we also know that polling shows that a shocking number of low quality candidates are within striking distance of victory. We know that on election night, which is still covered like a sporting event by political media, We probably won't know who won in several key races. We know that there will probably be recounts and challenges in court, but we don't know who or how or where. We know that a third of the Senate, the entirety of the House, and several key governorships and state-level races are up for grabs, and the consequences of the wrong people winning could be catastrophic. To make matters even more complicated... Thanks to some big changes at a certain big tech company, in the days following Election Day, it might be difficult to parse what actually happened and what is disinformation. And that tech company, of course, is Twitter. On Friday, just days after closing his purchase of Twitter for $44 billion, Elon Musk laid off half of the company, a total of about 3,700 people. Most of them found out they'd been laid off when their email access was shut down Thursday, though it took another day to receive official word. At least one person found out they'd be let go during a work call when they discovered they'd been locked out of company systems. Not cool. According to the New York Times, quote, rarely have layoffs this deep been made by a single individual at a tech company. Musk tweeted about the drastic decision to lay off so many people saying, regarding Twitter's reduction in force, unfortunately, there is no choice when the company is losing over $4 million a day. Hmm. 
I feel like there's maybe a choice. I feel like Elon Musk has so much money that he could maybe afford to lose $4 million a day. What is the point of being the richest guy on earth? If you can't lose $4 million, didn't he spend like $7,700 on a Halloween costume? You can afford to lose $4 million a day. The way people become the richest person on earth is not by being generous with their losses. That's true. You know? So quickly, can you tell us what jobs were eliminated in the mass layoffs? Yeah, well, according to reports, the layoffs hit many departments and divisions at Twitter, including engineering, machine learning, the content moderation team, otherwise known as trust and safety division, sales, advertising, etc. Some weren't hit as hard as others. For example, the trust and safety division had just 15% of its workforce cut. Just, quote unquote. Hmm. So that's a huge number. And a huge number to cut days before an extremely contentious election rife with misinformation. Yeah, if I cut 15% off of my body, right. that would be a significant amount. Agreed. 15% is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, if you're cutting people from the trust and safety division, I feel like you should take stock of your decisions, have some reflection, make some choices, different ones. As for who is affected, everyone from young employees just starting out in tech to experienced professionals who had been at Twitter for years. One former employee, a woman named Rachel Bond, is eight months pregnant and realized she'd been fired on Thursday night when she no longer had access to her work laptop. Oh, that sounds extremely illegal. Yikes. At least immoral. Yeah, and a nightmare. The execution here seems fairly chaotic in addition to being amoral. So where do things stand now? Yeah. As for what happens next, some of that is kind of unclear, and we'll talk a little bit about this in just a moment. But what we do know is that Musk already regrets laying off some of those people. So according to Bloomberg, Musk is now, quote, reaching out to dozens of employees who lost their jobs and asking them to return. (laughs) Some of those who are being asked to return were laid off by mistake. Others were let go before management realized that their work and experience may be necessary to build the new features Musk envisions. This is why you don't come into a job, stay for a few days, and then decide to eliminate half the jobs. Because, like, yeah. you don't really know who's necessary yet. I, yeah, he doesn't really know how things work. Like, on your first day of medical school, they're not sending you into brain surgery. Exactly. You know and even if they were, most med students would be like, I am not qualified right. to be cutting half this person's brain out. Maybe I should do a little bit more learning before I take the scalpel and go to town. Exactly. But anyway, he's the world's greatest businessman, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, that's what I've heard. So, Aaron, you and I had the chance to speak with Mike Isaac. He's a tech reporter for The New York Times. And he's been covering all of this Twitter madness. We started out by asking him what he's heard from current and former tweets about what happened over the last few days. Totally insane, beyond parody. And they basically have no internal communication because most of the communications team has been laid off by Elon. So they're looking to either snooping in sort of Slack files or basically looking at the press reports to see what leaks have come out to inform them about like what their team status is or what's going on. And then Elon's people have all come in and they don't trust the existing Twitter folks. So just like culturally, it's super gnarly right now and no one knows what's going on. If you're like cutting teams that keep spam or porn or bots off of a social media site, like your thing is going to go downhill super fast. And I don't think he has quite grasped that. Richest man in the world, ladies and gentlemen. So layoffs aren't particularly uncommon in the tech industry, but this seemed especially heavy-handed and, like, from what you're telling us, not very well executed. So what are business and management experts saying about all of this? What assessment are we getting from people in the field? 
So last week, this payments startup called Stripe, they did layoffs the same morning, basically, as as Twitter was announcing their layoffs. And I mean, all layoffs are awful, obviously, but like their way was probably the least awful way I've seen in a while, which is like, here's a letter to the company. Here's all the information. You're going to get an email from us if you are laid off. And here's the like host of benefits that we have for you. And here's the people you can reach out to for finding other jobs or whatever, just like as transparent as possible. And then Elon's was just like the opposite. They were basically like, we're cutting our workforce in half. Many of the sort of emails that were going out, people didn't either get them or didn't know whether it was supposed to be sent to them in the past 24 hours We've been talking to folks that said they realized they laid off people who were more important than they thought they were. And they're starting to reach out to them to like see if they want to come back to the company, which is also like the ultimate insult. So like this is just like the most chaotic series of layoffs I've ever seen. And they are not uncommon to many industries. So like people are always going to be pissed. But the chaos plus the fact that it's Twitter and like Twitter employees sort of are open and tweet about stuff at work and the industry anyway, I think, has sort of compounded that and we get to see it kind of play out more publicly than, say, it might happen at a, at a different company. Totally. And it feels like particularly irritating that people are like, we don't know what's going on. And then meanwhile, he's responding to every like Tom, Dick and Harry about their random Twitter ideas that he's like, we'll be implementing this soon. It's like, can you actually respond to your employees <laughs> who are confused? Yeah. The tr- well, the trust and safety teams, which manage content moderation, and Mike, you alluded to this before, that they were cut as well. So basically, the people who watch out for misinformation and hate speech aren't there anymore. So this is pretty bad timing, considering the midterm elections are tomorrow. Are we already seeing the effects of this team being cut? It's funny, I've I've been sort of watching, just like try and keep an eye on what's happening on Twitter over the weekend, because when you cut your workforce in half, who knows what's going to happen immediately. And like this stuff breaks really fast. And I I have talked to folks who said, look, the people on the sort of front lines of moderating this stuff are just not all the same that they used to be. They're not all there. You can't catch the stuff in the same way as before. I talked to a person that said, you know, for all the talk in the Valley about artificial intelligence doing the work to catch bad actors and spammers and bots or whatever, a lot of Twitter is really human powered, you know, and caught by human moderators, whether it's um, someone contracted out in the Philippines or someone inside of Twitter HQ. So like when you cut your legs out from under you, we are going to see and are pretty much already seeing the effects of that and more stuff slip through. And longer times to respond when some big account gets like taken over or hacked and starts spewing like slurs or Bitcoin scams or whatever shit that like just goes out there, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's just going to take longer and not be as good, I think. So one thing there's been all this talk about is the blue check marks because the company will soon start charging people $7.99 a month to be verified. Yesterday, the company said it's delaying this rollout until after the midterms because people have raised concerns that the new badge subscription could lead to more accounts where people are pretending to be celebrities or lawmakers. How does Twitter plan to protect that from happening? And is his plan that anybody can get verified? I like don't really understand what this is. I'm glad you're asking it because it has been like a central thing that's driving me insane like twitter verified has already been kind of a shit show for a very long time like no one really knows what it means the process of getting verified has always been kind of back channel there was not like 
a standard of consistency that has really held over the years. And I think in later years, they tried to maintain at least a little more of that and say, you know, you need your identity sort of checked out. And there's a little bit more of a process to this is the person who they say they are. But like he's throwing a wrench in those gears by saying anyone gets a blue badge if you pay eight bucks a month, basically. Right. So that what does that mean? It doesn't mean that you're senator so-and-so it just means that you have eight dollars on a credit card and that's like not to, to me at least that's not the point of what the blue badge are useful for at least on the service like for us like media folks or journalists or whatever that actually does mean something because you can at least say this is me it's not aaron mcbot you know trying to post as me on some other thing so they haven't explained how they're going to create a new version of that. If they're going to create a new version of that, someone was saying like, you're going to get a second badge <laughs> underneath if you're like a, a senator. And, and I'm just like, what do we, it feels like badges all the way down right. sort of thing. It doesn't make any sense to me. Elon Musk has also claimed that Twitter is a place for free speech, which to many means that people are free to say whatever they want, whether it's true or not. So how concerned should we be about Twitter being a fertile place for dis and misinformation about the upcoming election specifically? Is there anything that average people can do to stop the slow motion train wreck? And Mike, how worried are you personally? <laughs> well, the one positive development, I would say, is that they paused. I mean, someone inside of Twitter or multiple people were like, OK, this is enough of a disaster that we don't need to compound it by launching like verified stuff the day before the election. So they're stopping that. We, we just broke that over the weekend that they're not going to do that. They're going to launch this sort of blue badge stuff the day after, which is still problematic because not all elections are done on the day of the election, right? So like already kind of funky. But I think the basic problem is Elon wants to push all this stuff out super fast and has people doing it under threat of losing their jobs into what is probably going to be a prolonged recession. So everyone's like, either I'm getting my severance and parachuting out of here, or I'm doing what the new boss says, you know, no matter how stupid or problematic or whatever it is, and then we'll deal with the problems as they come. So you can be a sort of like startup-y, move fast, break things, approach at a small company that doesn't have like sort of deep societal consequences when you make changes. But like it, this is a very different thing. And Elon is not familiar with any of it. So I'm very I'm worried, I guess is what I would say. Yeah, it's, it's weird. And he's breaking things faster than I thought he would. That was our conversation with New York Times tech reporter Mike Isaac. We'll be sure to bring you more updates on this soon. But that is the latest for now. We'll be back after some ads. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. 
Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S., with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love Fast Growing Trees here I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. Now let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. Representatives from nearly 200 countries are meeting now in Egypt for COP27, the United Nations annual climate conference. The summit kicked off yesterday and will run through November 18th. One of the most anticipated topics of discussion will be on so-called loss and damage payments. That essentially means rich countries, the ones that produce the most carbon emissions, would compensate developing countries because poorer nations are more likely to bear the brunt of climate-fueled disasters. Dozens of world leaders, including President Biden, are scheduled to attend, but Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg is sitting it out this year. She called the UN conferences forums for greenwashing and ineffective for meaningful change. You know what? Gotta hand it to Greta. She is not afraid of anybody. That's she true. will say That's whatever true. she feels like she needs to say. Not afraid of anybody. A couple updates on diplomatic efforts related to Russia's war in Ukraine. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that President Biden's top national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, has spoken with aides to Russian President Vladimir Putin in recent months. The confidential and unpublicized talks are part of an ongoing effort to de-escalate the conflict and avert the threat of nuclear war. And they're also notable because diplomatic communication between the U.S. and Russia has been so infrequent since Russia invaded Ukraine, with some top policymakers suggesting that it wouldn't be useful. Also, sources have told The Washington Post that the Biden administration has asked Ukrainian officials to signal their openness to negotiate with Russia. That's not because Biden's team thinks the war can be resolved diplomatically, but rather the move would help Ukraine maintain the moral high ground and continue to receive support from allies around the world as the conflict rages on. 
We saw another early 2000s trend come back this weekend. Ugh, enough of them have already come back. Please Truly. stop. Too many. Too many. With the return of scary white powders showing up in the mail. This time, the recipient was the campaign office of Carrie Lake, Arizona's Republican candidate for governor. According to CNN, a Lake staffer who opened an envelope on Saturday containing the unknown substance was under medical supervision as of yesterday. Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, who is Lake's Democratic opponent, condemned the incident and also spoke out against any threatening behavior toward Lake or her staff. Now, I gotta say, Josie, I do not think that if the roles were reversed here, Carrie Lake would extend the same courtesy to Katie Hobbs. Because Carrie Lake just days ago was making fun of uh, Paul Pelosi for being attacked in his home. One of the country's most prolific insult comics has fallen off. This Saturday, former President Donald Trump debuted a new nickname for Ron DeSantis, and the nickname was not good. Trump at 71, Ronda Sanctimonious at 10%. Oh, gosh. Did Ivanka get a thesaurus for her birthday or something? Truly. Like, know your audience. They don't know what sanctimonious means. No. Not at the rally, at least. Trump made these comments at a rally in Pennsylvania, and his reasons for turning on DeSantis are pretty obvious. The Florida governor is widely seen as Trump's primary rival for the Republican presidential nomination in 2024. And at the rally, Trump all but confirmed his intentions to run for a third time. And if you want to know what day you should bury your phone in a deep hole and throw your TV in the bathtub, Axios reported last week he is gearing up to announce his campaign a week from now, on November 14th. It's possible that the announcement will come sooner. At a rally in Miami yesterday, Trump appeared to suggest he would announce his candidacy tonight. Okay. First of all, wrong DeSantis is right there. It's wrong. right there. W-R-O-N-G. Totally right. And you just add a W to the beginning and a G to the end, and you got wrong DeSantis. Second of all, I sort of feel like, you know that meme where you zoom in on the older, like, kung fu master, and he's saying, let them fight? Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about this whole situation. Yeah. Let them. I agree. And the stress of the midterms may have you longing for an escape, but there's one thing you should not do to relax. Lick the Sonoran Desert Toad. That is not how I thought that sentence would end. That's according to a warning put out last week from the National Park Service. These large toads secrete a toxin that makes people sick, but the secretions also contain a hallucinogen called 5-methoxy-DMT, which can make you trip. Wildlife officials in New Mexico have classified this toad as threatened, at least partly because of its appeal to people who want to, as they say, hear Kermit's magic banjo. How roughly are these people licking these toads that the toads themselves, the large toads, for that matter, are threatened by being licked? Gently lick the toad, my dudes. If you must lick the toad, lick it gently. Think about being the toad. Large other animal picks you up, gently licks you, sets you down. Then you get picked up later. You're just trying to chill. Don't lick me. Okay, sure. But if you must lick. If you must lick me, lick, lick me, me gently. <laughs> Please. If you see this toad, there's only one thing you should do as a good steward of the environment. And that is set it up with a computer playing the iTunes visualizer and leave it alone. I think that's great. That sounds much better than being licked. This that's is a daily say. news podcast. <laughs> and <laughs> no, we just so sorry. gently lick the toads. Happy Monday. Yeah, happy Monday. And those are the headlines. That's all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, trip sit a toad, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just the early stuff from insult comic Donald Trump, like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. I'm Erin Ryan. 
and be, be really, really sure, sure to, to vote. vote. Look, I think everybody should be really sure to vote. And I think after you vote, you should look up the Wikipedia page of Trump's insults. That sounds fun. They're pretty funny. Some of them. Some of them are bad. Some of them are good. It's a big range. What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producer is Lita Martinez. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. You don't need a lot of money to do more with it. Join Padma Lakshmi, Viola Davis, and Fidelity's Women Talk Money team during our free Women's History Month series as we get real about ways you can start planning and saving for the future you want so you can feel good about your money every step of the way. Save your seat today at fidelity.com slash WHM. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, member NYSE, SIPC.